Brother Brian said prayer request. I didn't forget this on purpose, but I kind of go into tunnel vision before I get up here. But do remember my grandma. They put my grandma back in ICU again, still battling oxygen problems. And and uh, it seems like she's there quite often, but she's stable. But do pray for Miss uh, Toby Van Hoy. I desire your prayers for her and my grandpa. And uh, they're, they're real, real bad to go to the hospital. And a week later, called and say, by the way, we've been in the hospital for a week. So um, they've, they've done that several times. So do pray for her. And I, uh, I desire your prayers and covet your prayers for her. Luke chapter number 17. And uh, we have been here before. The, a lot of you that's in Sunday school this morning, you say, Brother Brandon, we were here this morning. Well, we may be there again. And you may not have been listening to everything I said this morning. Though I know all of you always listen to everything that I say. And you never miss a note. And you all take great notes. I'm just kidding. You might not have got everything this morning. So we're going to look at this again. This is where my heart's been today in Luke chapter number 17. You know, there's a lot of characters in the Bible. And this is in a, you know, uh, you look in a library, you have fiction, you have nonfiction. You have things that are true, you have things that are make-believe. And even though there are some parables in our Bible, everything in this Bible is 100% true. There's nothing that's just made up to be a story for entertainment. Uh, Jonah really did get swallowed by a whale. Moses really did part the Red Sea. And I understand God was orchestrating in all of that, but all of these are true accounts. So when I say there's a lot of characters, I don't mean a book character. I mean a character in the Bible. You know, there's some people in the Bible, Brother Kevin, that we do not want to pattern our life after. And there are stories in there as a picture of what not to do. And then there's some that's in there that's a good person to pattern your life after. Of course, none more than our uh, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning in Children's Church, we were dealing with Paul and Saul. And, uh, and, and, and there's some great teachings there as well. But in, there's a guy here in Luke chapter number 17 that the Bible had, has, the Lord has centered my heart around today in Sunday school and tonight as well. And I want to begin reading in verse number 11, and then we'll bring a thought and we'll go home. But in Luke 17, verse number 11, the Bible says, And it came to pass as he went through Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And verse number 12, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show, thy, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, verse 15, and one of them, he saw, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered and said, Where, uh, where were there not ten uh, cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found uh, that return to give God the glory, save this stranger. Verse number 19, he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Now most of you have this, this, these passages and pretty much all of Luke 16 and 17 highlighted in your Bible. We have the, the Jesus deals with divorce in these chapters. Jesus deals answer with the Pharisees. We have a different one, the parable of service. We have the rich man and, and Lazarus on the pages to follow. We have a lot of stuff packed here in the book of Luke. And I told our teenagers this morning, although Luke is the only one to my knowledge, and Brother Brian can correct me if I'm wrong, he's the only one that deals with these 10 lepers in our gospels. But it's amazing. People will ask, hey, how do you know your Bible's inspired? Well, all four of these books, all four of these gospels were written at different times. But if you start studying the majority of them, though the, there may be a little bit different wording there may be a little bit different scenery but all of them tell the same story there's no other way that's possible outside of an inspired word of God and I'm thankful that our Bible is inspired so that's just proof for you that's not the message but if you ever have anybody ask you how do you know that God ordained and breathed the words of this gospel into the nostrils of men and into their hands and that's a good clue that all of those match and line up but here in Luke chapter number 17 
In verse number 11, we begin to we meet 10 people. Here we meet 10 men plus the Savior. And again, it was directed. I don't have time to preach it tonight, but we know in the past the Bible said that he must go through Samaria. There's people's lives that Jesus Christ directly impacted. He knew they were going to be there, Petey. He knew that they needed him, so he went by their way. And I'm thankful, same as your salvation. Can I tell you, it wasn't an accident that Jesus Christ came by your pew or your chair tonight. Uh, when you got saved, he came by because he knew that you needed him to be in service that night. Now, I wanted to preach, and I was joking. I did not know I was going to get to preach while these chairs were in here. But I told Brother Allen, and we were setting them up. I said, if I ever get to preach during this time, I'm going to preach on I feel uncomfortable in church. But I, I did not get to preach on that tonight. Maybe I didn't have liberty, but if something bothers you in church, it's a good sign you need to come to the altar. So if you start squirming, I'm going to know you feel uncomfortable in church. But I'm just kidding. And I told Brother Wayne, I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. I said, winter challenge is usually a pretty big budget. I said, if we sell these seats up front during this time, it'll, it'll pay for everything come next December. So, Petey, I hope you pay Brother Wayne before you sit up here tonight because he's collecting VIP seating. But no, in seriousness, as I said before, there's a lot of people in the scriptures that I think about children's names. And I don't know if you've already picked out a name. I can't remember. And Brother Peyton and Miss Sam, I don't know the names of the children. I hope it's not Mephibosheth or something like that. It's something that's easy for me to remember when they get to be a teenager if God allows me to still be here. But I think about people in the Bible. I, there's never been a thought in my mind to name one of my boys Judas. I, I just never, when I was going down the, the, the tree... And uh, there's a puppy coming to our house soon. I was trying to pick out a name to our puppies, thanks to Kaylin and Carson and the rest of them. I said, what do y'all like? And I said, well, maybe Drake. That's a good one. I like that one. I said, maybe other. And, and my littlest one said, I like Cheddar Chippies. I said, we're not naming the dog Cheddar Chips, but we may name him Cheddar. I don't know. But uh, So he's not going to be picking out the name. But Judas was never the name that came across my name as Christie's mind when we, were dating, when we were naming Malachi and Josiah. I think about others in the scriptures of a Pharisee or Sadducee. I've never wanted to be that. Actually, God puts them in the scriptures really to show us what not to do and how not to be big-headed and how not to have this kind of life. But there's a gentleman here, we don't even know his name, we don't know any of their names here in Luke 17, verse 11 through verse number 19, but we understand that there is a story here, there is a true account of ten men that were a leper. Now, the greatest way I could tell, I talked to our little ones back there, the only way I can explain to them is kind of like being covered in chicken pox, much worse than that from head to toe. It was a disease, and y'all know that, and I know I'm teaching tonight to the cream of the crop, but leprosy was something that was not easily hid. It was not something that you could cover up with a band-aid, it was not something that you could cover up with a rag. Basically, everybody knew that you had it. Matter of fact, when you come into town, you were so outcast, Miss Casey, that they would begin to shout out, unclean and unclean, and you were so isolated. You talk about having a self-esteem problem. Everywhere you went, you were constantly reminded that there was something that you could not get rid of. There was not a cure outside of Jesus Christ, and everybody isolated you. Many people would say, hey, what has their family done? You remember the scriptures talking about blind people and, and lame people. It was all usually blamed by the Brian on something that somebody had done. And can I tell you, sometimes we go through things in life, and it's nothing that we've done. It could be for the glory of God as these were, but there's always going to be something in our life that if we're not careful, we'll allow to isolate us. But leprosy was something that was a big deal in those times. We see them being isolated. We see them being made fun of. We see the kids going by and, and no doubt walking down the street. And there's a group of kids on this side and they're looking and they're pointing and they're making fun. So their whole life, they have one desire. It's not a Christmas list, Miss Savannah. It's not an Easter list. It's not a, hey, I want to do this before I retire. They do not want to be a leper any longer. They want to live a normal life. I don't think when they came, think about Solomon asked the Lord, asking Solomon, what would you have me to give? And he asked for wisdom. 
There's no doubt in my mind if the Lord had went to them and, and changed the text, give me a little bit of runway tonight, and he said, what can I do for you? There's none of them that would have said anything else with a journey than I do not want to be a leper anymore. This day changed their life forever. More than likely, Brother Kevin, after this day, they were able to get a job. They were able to provide for their family. They were able to go to the market. They were able to go to Publix in Jerusalem or whatever they went to. They were able to live a normal life. And though people may have seen their face and say, I, th- I think I remember you, but something's different. From that day forward, their life would forever be different. But there's a people in here, I say there's some that I don't want to be like, but there's a young man in here that I do want to be like. And as I, this is the first Sunday of 2024, and as I taught them this morning in Sunday school, I just simply, this tonight, just for a few minutes, want to preach on this thought. I want to be one of them. I want to be one of them. He said, Brother Brandon, what do you mean do you want to be one of them? Well, in our text here, the Bible says in verse 13, and they, speaking of the group, lifted up there. So it's a group of people. Then we come to verse number 15, the Bible says, and one of them is how it starts. So in my Bible, I've made a habit of circling and and, and even coloring, but I I circle the word there and I circle the word one because there is a difference in there being plural, being more than one, and also being a single person. There was one person that chose to do something differently. Can I tell you first of all tonight and think about the the one you said, we don't even know his name. We don't know his name. But can I tell you, Hebrews chapter number 11, you don't have to turn there tonight. You stay here in Luke, and I'll be right back. Hebrews chapter number 11, our hall of faith, or our hall of fame, so to speak. There's a lot of names mentioned, but one of the greatest verses, Brother Jeremy, in Hebrews chapter number 11 is actually verse 36. The Bible says, And others had the trial of cruel mockings and scourging, jing, moreover the bonds of imprisonment. We see Abraham, we see Isaac, we see we see Rahab, we see Joshua, we see all the names of the, of the big, so to speak, people that we've seen in the Bible that's changed our life, that their stories have been preached over and over. But how about in verse 36, he just sums up the rest and says, and there were others. Can I tell you, I'll never be, and I don't have a desire to be, my name mentioned anywhere, Brother Evan. And I know you say, Brother Brandon, you'll be at this meeting, and I've seen this poster, I've seen that. But we live a desire just simply to be another, somebody that makes a difference for the cause of Christ, then nobody else knows our name. You say, Brother Brandon, nobody's ever going to know that I, that, I, that I attend church every Sunday, that I, that I come faithfully on Wednesday night, that I, that, I, that I serve, that I give, that I do others. Can I tell you, I'm not doing it for them, and you're not doing it for them, but I'm thankful to be another. But tonight, I just simply want to be one of them. As this story begins to talk tonight, there is some things that they have in common. They don't really separate until verse number 15. Everything prior to verse number 15 tonight, Brother Brian, they're all the same. I wrote down, first of all, they have the same condition. The Bible says it didn't say one has the flu and one has COVID and one has, you know, ingrown toenail. The Bible says it came to pass as he went through Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria, Samaria and Galilee and he entered into a certain village and met there ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Every one of them had the same condition. That's something they have the same more than likely, these ten had probably become pretty close friends because nobody else wanted to be around them. They had isolated themselves of the John, and they were probably every one of them knew each other. They were standing there. They were far off, but it's pretty easy to learn ten people's names because this is their crew. This is, this is who they're serving with. This is who they're living with. This is all they've ever known, and every one of them looked the same. So they had the same condition. They're all lepers. Not only that, but Brother Jesse, they had the same cry. They didn't just one of them say, hey, can you help me? They didn't one of them stand up and say, Lord, help me. All of them, the Bible says, they were lepers which stood afar off. And they, speaking of all of them, lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I believe with all my heart there was a conversation with the Brian before he got there 
and they saw him, and they knew him, and they've heard of him, and they made an agreement. Hey, just like our disciples say, we have seen the Lord up here. And they do a pretty good job at that after about 20 practices. But they, they get that down pat. They knew, hey, when he gets here, all of us, if all 10 of us say it out loud together, we'll get his attention. So we see they had the same condition. They had the same cry. They cried for help. Not only that, they came to the same conclusion. This is a conclusion we need to have. He's the only one that can help us. He's it. They wasn't one of them. They didn't take a poll that said, well, I'm not saying anything because I don't know this guy. Or I don't think, he's not my favorite teacher and prophet or preacher, so I'm not going to him. I'm going to this other guy over here. Or he, he's not of my political uh, preference, so I'm not asking him. No, every one of them knew if we're going to get help, they got to the place they realized he was the only one, Brother Travis, that could help them. They had the same condition. They had the same cry. They had the same conclusion. We need him. He's all we've got. And can I tell you, I'm saying we don't need to be like all of these, but that's a pretty good sign to have in our life. We come to church and live our life. And we need to realize the same conclusion of everybody that's a part of Faith Community Baptist Church. As, we, as our pastor said, we're longing for more in 24, all of us together. That same mindset that he's the only one that can make that happen will help us in our life. They had the same condition, the same cry, the same conclusion, but they also had the same command. Jesus didn't say, you and you are good to go, but the rest of you, I can't help. He was not limited in his helping. They all had the same command. What did they say? When he saw them, he said unto them, again, the whole group, go show yourselves unto the priest. And I like this, and I said it this morning, it came to pass as as they went, they were cleansed. They didn't have to get to the priest. The priest wasn't the one that healed them, Brother John. They just simply start. They obeyed the Lord. He said, "Go." And I believe with all my heart, Brother Brian. As soon as they turned, Jesus Christ had already started healing and put the healing in their body because they listened and He commanded, and they went. You learned other passages here of, of others, and we know the pool of Bethesda, the picture there, and how they went. He said, "Listen, I I can't get into the water before someone else beats me." And I'm paraphrasing. He said, "I didn't ask you if you want to be put in the water. I asked you if you want to be made whole." And I'm telling you, if you'll go in faith, there's time and time again, even through all the scriptures of of, of children and different ones that's that's lost their lives, and Jesus has helped when we simply obey by faith. That's what makes the difference. Peter, he's not saying go and do ten steps. Go and live and sin no more. If you ever sin again, you're going to be a leper. Jesus Christ said, go, show thyself to the priest. And as they went, I mean, it's amazing. Ten of them walking, people stealing. All of a sudden, look down, and this arm clears up. Then this arm clears up. Their head's not itching anymore. Their, their feet's not burning anymore. They begin to look at one another. And all of a sudden, eventually, all of them have flesh like a baby because this disease is gone. They all had the same condition. They all had the same cry. They all had the same conclusion that we need him, but they all obeyed the same command. Say, Brother Brandon, they sound like to me that they're all the same. But in verse number 15, one of them takes a detour, and that's who I want to be like today. Brother Brandon, we've heard this preached before. We'll look at your Bible. Maybe we'll learn something new. If not, we'll go home rejoicing that we've been reminded of a truth. The Bible says in one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back with a loud voice. He glorified God. He saw it. And the first thing that came to his mind, I mean, could you imagine being free of that bondage? Now, I'm not condemning the rest of them. They may have took off running. They may have went back and found their family. The Bible didn't say they were wicked. The Bible didn't say they were punished for not doing so. No doubt, I'm not being ugly, but many thoughts entered their mind. They probably just ran through the town. They went back to find their family. They, they went maybe to take a bath for the first time. Maybe they went to look in a mirror for the first time. Maybe they, they took their first picture. I don't know what they did. back I don't know what they did. They may have went and just celebrated. Maybe went to Longhorn. I don't know what they did. 
But I tell you this much, one of them stopped and he convicted his heart. He said, I don't know everything about that man, but if he cares enough to change my life, I'm going back to tell him I'm thankful. I'm going back, Brother Evan, to tell him, hey, listen, I don't know who you are, but I sure am thankful. You know, I'm not, I get to the point, if you don't get anything, let's get this. Sometimes we come to church and, man, we, we, God blesses us. There's times that God does great things in our life. But I want my beginning of this year is not to, Lord, I'm going to plan 20 meetings and we're going to pray that God does everything that needs to do. And we're going to do that. We're going to press forward. We're going to do and, and go and have it. But I want the Lord to know this year more than ever that I am thankful for what he's done in my life already. And I believe God will help us. Brother Brandon, if God never does anything else for this church, God's been good to this church. God's been good to my family. God's been good to your families. But there was one here that was a little bit different. I just give you all the, the similarities, all the things they had in common. But let me give you a couple of things that this young man or this man realized that made him different, that made him stand out. You realize that's all it is. Usually, and I can tell you this, and you say, well, Brother Brandon, we've got multiple kids here, so I'm not telling you who it is. But I can tell you in about every youth group, Brother Josh, the one boy and the one girl that can control that youth group. They are, they are the, and it could be two or three or two or four, but they're the ones that if they go for God, they're all going to go for God. But if they don't go for God, they're all not going to go for God. I tell you the same way in the church as well, Brother Brian. You say, Brother Brian, who is it? Who is it? I don't know. And I'm afraid he won't pick me, so I ain't asking him to tell me who it is. I'm just saying, there's people in our church who say, Brother Brandon, it seems like, man, if, if they ever get on fire for God, man, the service just goes in the right direction. Can I tell you, I want to be that person. I want to be someone that helps a service and helps our preacher. But this young man, he realized that there were some things that needed to be different. He chose to be different. Brother Kenny Kuykendall wrote this in a book, and I like it. We spend so much of our life, you know, people, you heard me say it this morning. We spend so much of our life trusting God to answer our prayers. We plead and petition our requests before the throne before we trust in God's ability to provide. But what do we do after the answer comes? How do we respond when God breaks through and meets our needs? This wasn't a minor prayer request. This was a life-changing prayer request. Now tonight when I go home, we're going to pray something like this. Lord, please bless this food to nourish my body. Please don't let it hurt my stomach. Maybe it'll be up all night. Something like that, depending on what I'm eating. We pray that prayer. That's a need that I need met. I hope God does bless my food and I don't choke on it. But there's a big difference in praying for that and praying for my grandma that's sitting in ICU. There's a big difference in praying for uh, Bible school is coming up that we need God to do that and praying for our choir leader, for God to heal his lungs. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things. You see the difference? Both of them are needed but there's some things I need God to help, and some things I need God to help right now in our life. But this young man realized that the most important thing, and I teach our young people, and I would ask them tonight, and I think they'd get it right. I got it wrong this morning, but I teach them in our prayers, we go to pray, the first thing we ought to do is ask for forgiveness. But immediately after asking forgiveness, we ought to give thanks. We ought to give thanks. Before we ever ask for anything, we ought to thank him for what he's already done. My rule of thumb, Brother Kevin, is if he answers a prayer, and I've prayed six times, Three more times when I prayed, I ought to thank him for that. I ought to thank him for that. Brother Brandon, we know this, but just a reminder tonight, let me give you a couple of things. Brother Brandon, what, if we're going to be different, if we're going to be the one that was different, what did he realize that we should do? Number one tonight, quickly, number, if God answers our prayers and God changes our life as he already has and he already will this year, let's remember that, number one, we should rejoice. Brother Brandon, what do you mean by we, we should rejoice? We ought to give thanks Sometimes even audibly, and I know that's scary. Now you say, Brother I don't like standing up in front of church, and I get that. But you can go in your closet and audibly tell yourself in a mirror. I don't care. But at some point in our life, we probably ought to audibly thank the Lord for what he's done in our life. Brother Brandon, I don't know that I can do that. Can I tell you, I don't have to go to hell, and I can thank him for that audibly. 
You say, Brother Brandon, we sent 20 kids to camp, and three come back and testify. The rest of them, their knees are knocking up here, and they're scared to death. And you say, Brother Brandon, why? we should pass a microphone and make every one of them. That ain't going to do none of them a hill of beans of good. But when they realize and they learn that everybody can say thank you, it helps them in their life. You don't have to testify about how, listen, you were saved out in this and you were saved out of this alley and out of this needle. But just simply saying, hey, listen, I want to thank the Lord for what he's done for me in my life. That'll help you in 2024. That'll help you. you say, Brother Brandon, why? Because he's worthy of our thanks. Brother Randy, if, out of anything, if he doesn't do anything for my family this year, not one answered prayer, not one blessing, and I know that he will, I still need to say thank you. We've got to learn how to rejoice. When God answers a prayer, we should return thanks to him repeatedly. Well, Brother Brandon, I just thanked him for it last week. I'll give you an example. And uh, me and the boys, it's a tradition. Even their mom loves it. Even when she takes them to school, they call me to pray before they go to school. I love it. Their mama don't know how to pray. Y'all pray for her. But no, they, they call me. We definitely pray this year before I send Malachi to me. I say, Lord, please help Miss Casey. God, help her. Give her strength. Give her Tylenol. Give her everything she needs to make it through this year. But no, God saved my little niece, Josie. We've been praying for her, and she's been asking questions, and God saved her. You've heard Tyler testify at the beach two years ago of how that, that began to happen. Man, that thrills my heart. She may not be your niece, but she's my niece. She's singing tonight, and I know she's going to do wonderful, but I, I, I'm proud of her. I, I'm proud of her, and I, and I don't mind bragging on her. I'm, I'm thankful God saved her. But I told Malachi, I said, man, we've been praying for God to save her forever. So now, even to this day, we go to pray. I say, let's thank God for saving Josie. Well, Brother Brandon, that's been over a year ago. I'm still thankful that he saved her. He needs to know that God will answer prayer requests, and when he does, don't just thank him and say, forget about it. We ought to be thankful. This young man came back, and he said, listen, I know you didn't tell us to. I know this wasn't part of the, 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 the instructions, and I know you're busy, Lord, but I just, I just want to say thank you. It does the Lord good. It does us good to come back and tell the Lord we're thankful. So the first thing I see that makes him different, that makes him to be one of them, is we, learn, we should learn how to rejoice. Number two, quickly, not only should we rejoice, but when God helps us and God meets our needs, when God chooses to stop in our life and make a difference, we should all not only rejoice, but we should retell. Now, I guarantee you this guy didn't go away from this place quietly that day and never tell anybody anything else about what the Lord's done. Say, Brother Brandon, what do you mean? You just said something about testifying. I mean telling others about what God's done for you in your life. You see, that's what testifying is. You say, Brother Brandon, I can't go door to door, and I know COVID's messed it up, and I pick the new kids that's come. They see this map back here, and uh, I can't remember what I told them. It's something like a hit list or something we had back here on the wall, and they're like, really? I said, yeah, these are all the houses we go to, and we make sure that we, we I'm just kidding. I said, we, this is the house we went, and we knocked on the door. Well, Brother Brandon, what do I do if somebody comes to the door? Well, you got to speak you got to say something. you don't got to give them a whole outline of, of, of Deuteronomy or Daniel and, and Revelation in the comparison of the last days. you just got to simply say, hey, listen, my name's Brandon Jones, and I go to Faith Community Baptist Church, and can I just tell you what God did for me in my life? Do you realize there's plenty of people that's living in the same area that you were living in before salvation, and they just need to know what God done for you? Man, these, this leper went before, and somebody may have asked him. I don't know. Maybe you sit down at breakfast the next morning at the local Miss Beth Panera Bread. I think about Brother Jason Scott every time I eat Panera and how much he hates it. But I had it for lunch today. But I sit there, and you think, man, he sits there, and they say, man, you're new, are you new to town? He said, no, I've been here a long time. I've never seen you. And he said, well, that's because I was sitting afar off. I've seen you before from afar, but I wasn't allowed to come to town. What do you mean you weren't allowed to come to town? Well, I once was a leper. And everybody goes, <gasps> He says, no, 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 you don't understand. I met a man by the name of Jesus, and look at my body, and I, I'm totally different. 
How about somebody you used to know in years past and you see them and you want to hide under a shell because they know what you used to be, but then they see you and you talk different and you walk different and you look different and your family's different and you're loading your family in the car and you're carrying out Gatorades instead of boxes of stuff we shouldn't have been carrying. You say, Brother Brandon, what should I do? Just simply tell them what Jesus Christ did for you in your life. Brother Brandon, they're going to think I'm weird. Well, we are weird, but it's okay. We're all weird together. Now, think about this man. He probably didn't say, well, yeah, you don't know me because I used to be a leper, but I'm not anymore, and then that's it. No. I believe he got excited about it. I believe he said, listen, let me show you. Let me tell you what happened. This is what happened. Ten of us went forward. We made a decision that we were all going to ask Jesus to help us. He helped us, and, man, it changed my life, and I'm better for it. He learned, number one, how to rejoice. We should rejoice when Christ answers a prayer. We should rejoice when Christ changes our life, number two, quickly, we should retell. We must communicate to others how God worked in our lives. We let people know that the Lord, what the Lord has done for us in prayer. It may very well be the encouragement they need to keep praying about their own situations. Brother Brandon, why is it important that that children's church class hears about answered prayer out here? Not just the, the prayer requests that go. I like, I like on Wednesday night, and I'm not up here much. So y'all probably talk about everything on Wednesday night. I don't have a clue what goes up here Wednesday night. And as far as I know, Brother Brian preaches best messages on Wednesday night. I don't hear none of them unless I go back and listen on the live feed. But we're in a service, and we have a prayer list, and every once in a while somebody raises their hand up and says, Hey, listen, God met this need. We can take this person off the prayer list. That's a blessing when God answers prayer. And they need to know that. Because you may not know this or, or know that one or the other, but, man, how about, listen, something going on. I'm not going to pick on anybody's life tonight, and I may know things about you. You may know things about me, but you just we've been praying about something in your life, and God answers it. And when you thank God publicly and audibly, there's some little fellow somewhere listening that's learning what prayer means. And they say, you know what, man, God really did answer their prayer request. It wasn't a fairy tale. It was something that was a real deal, something that they were needing in their life. And all of a sudden, I mean, God answers it and encourages somebody else. Can I tell you, every row, and I said this this morning, every row of our church we need to pray for. But do you realize that every row and every seat of our church, Brother Randy, somebody's facing something and they're praying for something in their family that they need God to do? Everybody may not know about it. It may be praying for a child. It may be praying for a job. It may be praying for a marriage. It may be praying for finances. It may be praying for friendship. It may just be praying about being a teenager coming up and just trying to live right. They're praying for something, and I don't have a clue about it. But the benefit of coming to a church, the benefit of being around each other. You say, Brother Brandon, why should I come instead of just watch when I can be here? Because I want to be here and hear the stories of how God changes your life. Because that's how I know God can still change my life. That's how it works. It's the ministry, like our pastor says, the multiplication. Man, I get encouraged by seeing other people encouraged of the Lord. So we see that he rejoiced. Number two, we see that he retailed. But thirdly and lastly, I think about this. This young man was different because not only did he rejoice, did he retail, but we also should remember. Brother Brandon, what do you mean by remembrance? I don't have to give time to preach through this tonight. We preached on the, the stones there as it left the memorial in the Jordan. You know the story, but there's some things in my life, Brother Brown, that I've kind of got a, a spiritual trophy, so to speak, not of what I've done, but I've got some trophies in my life to when I'm going through something, I can go back. And I may not even, I mean, I may not even remember when it happened, but all of a sudden it comes to my memory or I, or I see it. I got one of them back there on the wall of my office. I've got a fence back there. I remember that service, Brother Travis. I don't think I'll ever get to preach it again. I wish I could, but I may not ever get to. But I was back there tonight looking over the service. I looked down, and Brother Matt cheated. He wasn't even there, but he came in my office and wrote his name on the sign. I've seen Brother Matt's name, and I've seen others' names. Some of your names are on both sides of it because you didn't know which way I was going to hang it on the wall. But it's a trophy. That's something that I've seen God do in their life. I got a gift for Christmas that's a trophy for me. I've, got, I've seen others. I've got spots with a Hoyt 
I know the pew's not here, but that spot over here, Brother Josh, is pretty important to me in Hoyt's life. I was here that morning. There's places on the altar where God's seen God change. There's places on Amen Drive in Georgia where I've seen Kleenex boxes, Miss Casey, line the altars, and I've seen God work in their heart. All of you don't have that spot, but can I tell you, you've got to have some spots in your life. You've got to have some spots or you ain't going to make it. Brother Brandon, this was the, my dad tells a story, and I've never been. The only time I remember my great-grandpa when I was growing up, I know my dad said, I mean, people used to line their couches in plastic, and I don't know what that was about, but vinyl couches in plastic, and it's like they were going to move out or sell it. They didn't want anybody to die on it or murder. I don't know, but my grandpa had a green vinyl couch. You sit down, and it's, it squeaks because it's vinyl. And, uh, man, it was the same color. It, it never faded. They don't make anything like that no more. But it, our couches today last a year, and they're falling apart. But I remember going in there, and I hate raisins, but my great-grandma would always give me a fly pie. Y'all know what a fly pie is? Well, I didn't like the flies. So I'd take the flies out and just eat the pie, the cream pie. That's all I remember about her. I don't remember a lot. My dad tells the story that when he got under conviction, he didn't have enough common sense to know he could get saved. And my mom on the phone right there in his living room, he said, i got to go to Grandpa's house. And so my dad has a spot on that plastic-lined couch to where God saved him, my great-grandpa's house. Now, that couch isn't there anymore. It's probably still the same shape in a, in a landfill somewhere with plastic wrapped around it. But I'm just saying, that's his spot. There's been places to where I've seen my mom and dad pray for something and open a mailbox, and I've seen God do something at 1504 Lakewood Trails that we needed God to do for our family. There have been times that I've loaded a choir off, and I've seen God do things for some of these young people that that's a good spot for me to remember. My point is this. All of us have different spots. But I guarantee you, Brother Brian, when I get to heaven... This young man, he's still not going to have leprosy, but if he's in heaven, I get to see him. And I know we're not there. I just, just If I see him and I, he says, hey, who are you? And he says, I was the one leper. And by the way, this is my name because it wasn't mentioned because names weren't important. They just needed to get help, and he wanted to get help. He didn't say, hey, you remember me? I was named in the Bible. No. I was in Hebrews chapter number 11. No. He just simply says, I was the one that went back. And I, and I could almost imagine myself, well, what happened that day? And I could still see the excitement in his eyes saying, I came into town a leper. But I left clean because I met somebody. I don't think that story ever gets old. We pick at people at work and different things that tell the same stories. But Jeremy, you know where I'm going with this. They tell the same stories every day over and over and over and over and over. But I could tell their stories better than they could tell their stories. And sometimes their stories change. Like, man, when did that character get in that story? Because he wasn't there yesterday. Or, you know, I mean, that fish, Brother Travis, it, well, it was a one-pound fish. But about 15 years from now, man, I called it 18-pound crappy one time in my life. No, or crappie if you're from up north. I don't know what you call it, but it's crappy down here. But either way, it's something that always gets told. Can I tell you the greatest story? I want Malachi to remember. Miss Savannah, you come on. I'm done. We're, gonna, we're done. I'm not dragging this out any farther. Man, I want Malachi to be able to tell somebody what he got for Christmas. I want him to be excited about, hey, listen, this is when I kicked my first goal or I dunked my first basketball, which probably ain't ever going to happen. He's white and about that tall, so we ain't looking for that. But, man, I, I, I want that. But I want him to be able to say, hey, listen, if somebody can say, can you tell me, can you tell me, Petey, has your dad ever told you how he got saved? I want him to be able to tell that story. When somebody comes up to him and his case, he's, in, he's made it through your class and somehow gets to 12th grade by the grace of God, and somebody comes up to him and says, hey, would you share your testimony today in class? I want him to be able to say, I left church one Wednesday night, and the Lord was dealing with my heart at camp the year before. And I remember that my mom calling my dad, and my dad turning around and leaving a chosen meeting to come home. And I remember at this spot, at this house, at 3639 Union Hill Road, I remember my dad opening the Bible and just showing me what Jesus did for me. I remember calling on the Lord. He saved me. That's the stories I want him to remember, Brother Brian. That's the stories. I want him to be able to go back and say, we got funny stories at camp, Brother Devin. 
I'll never forget you throwing Cheez-Its through a fan one night all over my bed. I'll remember that forever. And I still hate you for that. I still got Cheez-Its in my socks. But I got stories like that. But guys, this story, and all, all fun is aside, and Miss Savannah begins to play this, this story. This gentleman never, ever, ever forgot it. He rejoiced. He remembered. He retold. He repeated. That's what made him different. Well, Brother Brandon, he's super spiritual. Tell me his name. Tell me one time that he was boastful. Brother Jamie, he wasn't boastful at all. It didn't say that he left that time, went back and found those nine and said, boys, I got extra clean because I went back. It didn't say that he ran and found the nine and bragged about going back. It didn't say anything like that. It simply says that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, not quietly, not bashfully, he glorified God for changing his life. So what's going to help me if we launch into 2024 this from my heart to your heart, if when God does something for us, we ought to rejoice. We ought to retell. We ought to remember. You're going to need those stories. There's going to be times in your life that you're on wits end, you're running on fumes, you say, God, give me something. And then some little kids will come by and you're going to remember, hey, I remember the day they got saved. I remember the day that God done this in our church. I remember the day that God did this for my family. That's what's going to get you to the next week and the next week and the next week. Has God changed your life? I know he's changed my life and I never want to forget it. I want to be one of the ones, not that's named, but that's just different. Can I tell you, we all have things in common. We all have conditions. We all have the same cries. We all have the same conclusions that we need him. We all heard the same command. The Bible says if we'll come, Jesus said if you'll come, he's faithful and just to answer us. But the, re the reality is this, God's going to do it. But then what are we going to do after that? What are we going to do? Are we going to rejoice? Are we going to retell? Are we going to remember? That's some things that need to be part of our life this year. Can I help you? Can I encourage you? You pray for me. I don't want to get the mullet girls. I don't want to get down and out this year. And I know it's coming, and I know it's going to be high points and low points. But I want to remember what God did for me. I was not a leper, but I was a sinner. I was not outcast, but I was going to hell. Jesus Christ saved my life as an eight-year-old little boy. And I do not want to forget it. I want to tell somebody else about it. We're standing every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, we thank you tonight for loving us. I thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you, God, tonight, God, for just reminding me. God, this is a Sunday school lesson, and I understand that, God, but I'm thankful. God, this young man teaches us, God, not through a name, not through a publicity, not through a, a show. God, he just shows us. God, listen, turn around and just say thank you. God, I want to thank you tonight publicly for what you've done in my life in 2023, what you've done in my life for the past 35 years. God, everything you've done in protection. God, even when I didn't know I needed you, God, you were placing my family in areas that would get me to where I am today, God. And I want to tell you thank you. I want to tell you I love you. I want our church to tell you we thank you and we love you. God, help us to always remember, to always rejoice. And God, will be better for it. In your name I pray. Listen, I don't know if her voice is able. She can play. She can sing. Whatever she chooses to do. But I just want to encourage you this year. It don't have to be in an altar tonight. It could be in a chair. It could be an altar at home. But we ought to spend some time thanking God, rejoicing, retelling what Christ has done for us. That's what keeps a church alive. That's what keeps a congregation alive is remembering how good God's been to us. You mind the Lord tonight. Hello, friends. This is Brian Pondexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. 
We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages. And our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service. And every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16 it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask Him to save you. You might say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sins. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here. And may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.